Our reading this morning is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, and reading from verse 1. Mark, chapter 2, and reading from verse 1. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus, because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone. And they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Well, we are uh, in a short series of uh, sermons, just uh, getting us ready for the big welcome in uh, in a couple of weeks' time. uh, Encouraging us uh, to uh, invite people to church, to bring our friends to Jesus. If you were with us last week, uh, we were looking at that passage in John's Gospel, chapter 1, uh, where the disciples, having heard Jesus, brought their friends to Jesus. And we described that as come and see evangelism, because the people just said, come and see this Jesus. Come and see who this Jesus is. And they invited their friends to come and have a look. And that's what we're encouraging Uh, you folk here to do, to invite people to come and see Jesus. This morning, uh, we're looking at through the roof evangelism, another style of evangelism, an evangelism that goes through the roof. And we're looking at this passage in Mark chapter 2, through the roof evangelism. And uh, we begin uh, with, uh, with friends that go through the roof. Friends that go through the roof. We're not told who these people were. They're not named. Uh, We don't know whether they were family members, whether they were members of the local synagogue, whether they were followers of Jesus. Uh, We don't know. We're just told uh, that there were four of them. And that they wanted to bring their friend to Jesus. And it's interesting, isn't it, just to think for a moment of what motivated these four friends 
to bring their friend to Jesus. He was a paralytic. He couldn't walk. Uh, They obviously had compassion. They obviously had concern for their friend. And they knew that what their friend needed was to get to Jesus. They were so concerned for their friend that they were determined to get him to Jesus. Friends that go through the roof. Some men came bringing to him a paralytic, carried by the four of them. Um, This man couldn't get to Jesus on his own. And they had to carry him physically. And the reality is, you know, our friends, our family, that don't know Jesus, cannot get to Jesus on their own. They will not find Jesus on their own. And there is a sense in which we, like the four friends, need to carry them to Jesus. We don't need to just invite people, we need to actually bring people. We need to actually say, you know, I will take you to church. You know, it's quite a frightening thing coming into church for the first time. Um, I was at the uh, Baptist Assembly uh, last year, and uh, one of the speakers, an evangelist who's going to be the president next year, was, was saying that when he, when he trains people for evangelism, one of the things he does is he gives them all a pound and says, sends them out to go and place a bet in a bookies. Some of you might think that's a shocking thing to do. But the reason he does that is because he's sending them into an environment that hopefully most of them are, are totally alien to and wouldn't have a clue what to do. And he wants to get them to feel what it feels like for somebody that's not coming into church. Coming into church is frightening. You don't know where to go. You don't know where to sit. You don't know what's going to happen. You're not sure how things work. And so that's why we need to not just invite people. We actually need to bring them. We actually need to say, you know, I'll pick you up. Um, I'll, I'll bring you, and we need to be with them and uh, and, and help them. You know, this is, come and sit with me. Uh, give them an, a notice sheet. Explain to them what's going to happen, so there's nothing scary. You know, we sing. We have a kids' song where we sing. You don't have to join in if you don't want to. Uh, you know, we need to warn people about what's going to happen, and so that we can make their experience as positive as possible. These four friends. They were so determined to bring their friend to Jesus that they carried him. We don't know how far they had to carry him, but I, I reckon he was heavy. I don't know if you ever tried to carry somebody. Have you ever, have you ever had to lift somebody? Um, not just a child, but an adult. It's hard work, isn't it? If you've carried anybody any distance, uh, it's hard work. These four friends were determined to bring their friend to Jesus. Friends that go through the roof. Um, I love this story because uh, it's outrageous, isn't it? It's outrageous. Uh, since they could not get to him, to Jesus, they said, well, we'll try again tomorrow. No, it doesn't say that, does it? It doesn't say that. Since they could not get him to Jesus, they gave up and went home. <clears throat> it doesn't say that, does it? Since they could not get him to Jesus... They made an opening in the roof. They made an opening in the roof. It's outrageous. It's ridiculous. They climbed onto the roof and they started digging. And they made a hole in the roof. Can you imagine? Uh, you know, you're sat in a meeting and, and somebody's speaking just like this. And all of a sudden, uh, bits start falling on you. 
the first church that I went to, uh, I actually had that experience. The church was literally falling down. And there was places where plaster was falling down from the ceiling. There was, it was cordoned off, you couldn't go. But just imagine if, you know, if plaster started falling in, you think, what on earth's going on here? And these friends dig this hole. Um, they're so determined to get their friend to Jesus. But notice, you know, what was it? that was stopping them getting to Jesus. And it's interesting to notice uh, that they could not get to Jesus because of the crowd. It was actually people that were preventing these four people get their friend to Jesus. And there's a warning here, isn't there? Because, you know, we've not got to be those people that get in the way of somebody else coming to Jesus. What is it, you know, that stops people coming to church? What sort of things stop people coming to church? We've got a little video clip, hopefully, um, just to uh, make us think about the sort of things that stop people coming to church. Let's watch this. You guys should totally lower your friend through the roof. Let's not get in the way. Let's overcome people's fears and uh, prejudices even about what church is like. And let's be the kind of friends that whatever it takes, uh, we're going to get our friends to Jesus.
whatever it takes. We're going to be friends that go through the roof because we care so much about our friends and family that we want them to get to Jesus. So, friends that are prepared to go through the roof. Friends that go through the roof. And then there's faith that goes through the roof. Faith that goes through the roof. When they get to Jesus and uh, they've lowered lowered this paralyzed man uh, on a mat and he's there before Jesus. Jesus says, when Jesus saw their faith, When Jesus saw their faith. You see, the thing that drove these people, the determination to get their friends uh, to Jesus, was that they actually believed that Jesus could make a difference. Their faith was in Jesus to be able to do something to help their friends' circumstances. And it's a question that we have to ask ourselves about our faith Do we actually believe that Jesus can make a difference in our friends' lives? You might not have a friend who's physically paralysed, but you might know people who are paralysed by fear, by circumstances, by situations, by a relationship that's gone wrong. You might know all sorts of people that are actually paralysed and stuck. And the question we have to ask ourselves is, do we believe that Jesus could make a difference in their lives. Do we believe it? Because one thing I notice about these four friends is they actually act upon their belief. Theirs is a faith that goes through the roof. You see, when they turned up at that house that day uh, with the friends and they saw the crowds outside, I reckon that roof suddenly seemed, uh, you know, a lot higher. It suddenly seemed an enormous mountain that they had to climb. But what helped them and what encouraged them to do the ridiculous, outrageous thing of climbing on the roof and making a hole in it was that they actually believed. They had such faith in Jesus that they weren't going to be put off. The fact that their friend couldn't walk wasn't going to stop them getting him to Jesus. The fact that their crowd blocked their way wasn't going to stop them getting him to Jesus. The fact that there was a roof in between them wasn't going to stop them getting their friend to Jesus. Theirs was a faith that goes through the roof. Theirs was a faith that goes through the roof. Bill Hybels, in his his book, Just Walk Across the Room, he says this um, after he had uh, shared and witnessed to somebody uh, who didn't know Jesus. He says, I really believe that the saving message of Jesus Christ... I don't just preach it, I honestly believe that every wayward person I know would live a vastly better life if God's love, grace and redemption were operating in their lives. Do you believe this too? Do you believe that too? That your friends' lives would be transformed if they knew Jesus? Do you believe that your friends' lives would be actually better if they were introduced to Jesus. This is a matter of faith. Do we have the faith that goes through the roof? Do we have the faith to invite our friends to come along and to meet Jesus? Bill Hybels says, I haven't always been that daring. But I gave it a thought and I landed on the explanation 
for why I seem to be able to share more about Jesus. And it is that fact that he believed that Jesus could make a difference. And that's the four friends. They had a faith that took them through the roof. Where is our faith going to take us? Is our faith going to break down whatever barriers there are that are preventing us inviting our friends to come and meet Jesus? So we've got friends that go through the roof and a faith that goes through the roof. And then, thirdly, there's a forgiveness that goes through the roof. A forgiveness that goes through the roof. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Son, your sins are forgiven. This didn't go down well. Did you notice that? It didn't go down well. Sometimes, you know, we have to say things that don't go down well. Sometimes we have to say things that don't go down well. Son, your sins are forgiven. This is a forgiveness that goes through the roof, but it doesn't just go through the physical roof. The teachers of the law, the Pharisees that were there, were thinking to themselves, he's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? You see, they wouldn't have minded if Jesus was just going around healing people and making people better. And he left it at that. But as outrageous was the breaking in through the roof, there was something more outrageous. And that was Jesus' words. Saying to this man, your sins are forgiven. Bishop Tom Wright says this. He says, we shouldn't be surprised that Jesus' unexpected declaration of forgiveness sent shockwaves through this house. The hole in the roof was nothing compared with the hole he was tearing through an entire way of life. Jesus was tearing a hole through an entire way of life. You see, the Pharisees and teachers of the law were right. Nobody could forgive sins except for God. But there was a particular way in which sins were forgiven. People went to the temple and offered sacrifices. And the priest uh, was involved. And here was Jesus breaking through these long-held traditions about how things were done. We're not surprised that the people didn't like it. We know all about when long-held traditions are broken that people don't like it. Jesus was breaking through a way of doing things and introducing a new way. And surprise, surprise, the people didn't like it. Tom Wright goes on to say that forgiveness is the most powerful thing in the world. But because it is so costly, we prefer to settle for second best. Forgiveness is the most powerful thing in the world. You know, if there's anything that our world is desperate for, Anything that our world needs, it's forgiveness. As around the world, people are remembering the tragedy of 9-11, and I'm sure you've seen some of the programs uh, that have been on television this week. Uh, one of the sad things about the consequences that we're left with of 9-11 is the wars 
that we've been involved in Afghanistan and Iraq are direct consequences of 9-11. I watched one program. Uh, it's really interesting, isn't it, to find out what actually happened, isn't it? And uh, one of the, uh, the senates, or retired senates, was saying that he couldn't believe on the very night of the attacks that someone was talking about attacking Iraq. And he said, I, I couldn't make the connection. And of course... Um, I don't want to get too political, but, you know, I wasn't in favour of going into Afghanistan. I wasn't in favour of going into Iraq. Why? Because the motivation was revenge. The motivation was revenge. And we live in a society where that's how it is, isn't it? If somebody attacks you, you attack them back. It's tick for tack. And it doesn't just happen in, in, in nations. It happens in families. It happens in society. You know, we, this, we, we strive and we hide behind this word justice, don't we? And we say we want justice. So when people loot our streets, we want to lock them up forever, don't we? Because that's justice. And we live in a world that is lacking in forgiveness. We live in a society where forgiveness is seen as a weak thing to do. You want to get justice and you want to get revenge and it's weak people that forgive. And it's a breath of fresh air, isn't it, when you read a story about a family that have been attacked in some way who say, we want to forgive the perpetrator. We want to forgive. And that really affects people. It really grabs people's attention. And here's Jesus. And he's saying, son, your sins are forgiven. And he's standing in the place of God. And he's saying, I have the authority to forgive sins, and I'll show you. Is it easier to say to this man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? And to prove that he has authority, he says to the man, get up, walk, and go home. The people didn't like it anymore. Because Jesus was breaking their traditions. Jesus, it wasn't just that he was standing in the place of God. Think about the sort of person that Jesus was forgiving. Think about the sort of person that Jesus was forgiving. He was a paralytic. He was therefore somebody that had to beg. He was one of those people that was outside of their religion. What was the tagline that Jesus got from the Pharisees and the teachers of the law? Friend of... Sinners and outcasts. That's what he was known as. The friend of sinners and outcasts. And the outrageous thing wasn't just that Jesus was standing in the place of God and offering forgiveness. It was who he was offering forgiveness to. He was offering forgiveness to somebody, as far as the religious people were concerned, wasn't worthy of that forgiveness. Because they had their rules and regulations. This was an unclean person. This was a person who was a paralytic. This was somebody who was an outsider. And Jesus was welcoming him into his kingdom. And restoring him in his relationship with God. And the religious people didn't like it. Something there, isn't there? You know, next time we're getting all righteous about something. And wanting to say, we shouldn't allow this and we shouldn't allow that. And, uh, you know, we want to exclude this person or exclude that person. Let's remember that Jesus had this tagline. And it was an insult that they were giving to Jesus when they said he's a friend of outcasts and sinners. As far as they were concerned, that was the worst possible thing you could be, a friend of outcasts and sinners. And Jesus here offers forgiveness to this man who wouldn't have normally been accepted 
Have you ever been to somewhere where you've not felt welcome? Where you've not felt that you've fitted in? It's not nice, is it? It's a horrible feeling. And uh, that's not how we want people to feel when they come into church. We want them to know that our Jesus, our God, is the friend of outcasts and sinners. That our God welcomes just such people. If you look at the Gospels, the people that Jesus gets cross about are the religious people. The people that annoy Jesus are the people that can't see what's going on. Let's not make, let's make sure that we don't end up being those people that miss the point. You see, it's amazing that that the religious people couldn't see God when he was stood right before them in their midst in the person of Jesus. And sometimes it's very easy to make that mistake because God was doing something that he hadn't done before and it was like, whoa, we don't like this. We want God to do things that he hasn't done before. We want God to do a new thing. And here was God doing a new thing in Jesus. He was breaking the traditions of the past. He was offering forgiveness to those outside of their religion. A forgiveness that goes through the roof. And this amazed everyone. The crowds that had gathered were amazed. And they said, we've never seen anything like it. I don't know about you, but every time I read that that verse, I just want to break into song. Do you know the song? I've never seen anything like it. Maybe you don't, but uh, (laughs) if you've not seen the film, you don't know the song. But uh, I should have got a clip, shouldn't I? Uh, We've never seen anything like it. We've never seen anything like it. Because Jesus was doing something amazing. They were amazed. Now, the reality is, If we're going to invite people to Jesus, there will be obstacles. There will be obstacles in the way. We've got to be determined. We've got to be determined. We've got to be friends that are prepared to go through the roof to get them to Jesus. We might have to go through one or two things, but it's worth it. We need a faith that goes through the roof. We need to actually believe that this Jesus that we say that we've given our lives to can actually change their lives. And we need to recognise that there's a forgiveness that goes through the roof, that there isn't anything that God cannot forgive. There isn't anybody who is beyond the saving grace of Jesus. And we need to act like those four friends. Let's bring our friends to Jesus.